0: your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers.
1: Turn, hand off the middle, hit the backfield and drill Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship.
0: Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Out. Right three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten
2: Conference champions. Not it,
3: it! and they one! Exclamation point! Pump the brakes.
0: Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor, Cole Stukenholz, and sports director, Caleb Henry.
4: Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It is a first for this radio program. In the seven and (laughs) and a half years I have done this show, we have never... Seen a Nebraska football victory over the Iowa Hawkeyes. But that changed yesterday because Trey Palmer woke up pissed off this morning. More than ever. I woke up pissed off this morning. I'm going to score two touchdowns. We've got a lot to get to. Uh, there, There may be breaking news in the coaching search, so definitely
1: keep it tuned right here. All hour uh we will and actually, uh, let you know and that comes in right now from the the official Nebraska that? football Twitter account and retweeted by Athletic Director Trev Alberts, a picture of Matt Rule in a Nebraska in Nebraska attire, and it says, The future is bright in Lincoln introducing Matt Rule, head Very coach, nice. Nebraska football.
4: Well, you came to the right place, folks. Here we are. <laughs> We're gonna talk all about it. We are gonna talk some Iowa. As well, but but since this just broke, it's it's officially official. It was reported here and there throughout the week last week by our our local media. Uh, of course, during the USA England soccer match yesterday, ESPN confirmed some information that it was close. And then this morning, Ian Rappaport confirmed some things, and uh, and here we are. We have the official announcement. Quote, a proven program builder in college football, Matt Rule has been hired as Nebraska's head football coach. Nebraska Vice Chancellor slash Director of Athletics Trev Alberts will introduce Rule as the 31st permanent head coach in Nebraska history on Monday in Lincoln. The 47-year-old Rule has built an impressive coaching resume over the past 25 seasons with experience at both the collegiate and professional levels. Rule has served as head coach for the past 10 years, including seven seasons in the collegiate ranks and the past three seasons in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. Here's a quote from Trev. It's a privilege to welcome coach Matt Rule, his wife, Julie, and their family to Nebraska. Coach Rule has created a winning culture throughout his coaching career, and he will provide great leadership for the young men in our football program. Matt is detail-oriented. His teams are disciplined and play a physical brand of football. Matt also has the personality and relationship-building skills to build a great staff and excel in recruiting. End quote. There's plenty more of that. Uh, you can find that on the Internet, obviously. Uh, Caleb, Let's let's dig into to Matt Rule here. Your reaction to
1: the official hiring as it uh, breaks just now. Well, this was where all the smoke was a while back, if we remember. Um, so you go through and and think that there had to be a little bit to it. You thought that maybe there was going to be an announcement a few weeks ago, and then there wasn't. So maybe we'll we'll go back and find out that there was some truth to Matt Rule maybe being in town, some negotiations going on, him seeing the facilities, all of that. Um, getting to know Trev Alberts a little bit more. Here's the thing. Matt Rule was not high on my list. My list was looking at a few other things that included maybe some longevity at some stops, maybe some more Power 5 experience. But this is who you got. So so let's look at Matt Rule himself. He had the four years at Temple. His last two years, both with double-digit wins. Then he goes down to Baylor and has to work around a not fun situation coming out of uh, coming out of a scandal for the Bears. So he, in his third year, got them up to double-digit wins. Now, he was working with some pretty talented players <laughs> down in, down in Baylor, and he was playing in the Big 12 Conference that was not great, but you still have to go win your games, and he did that. So coming in here, and obviously you have the Carolina Panthers NFL experience, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how he builds his staff. Yep. Is it a Joe Brady offensive coordinator? Is it uh? Is What when? Wh- when is the conversation with Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush for that matter? And, and Bill Bush and I would even say Brian Applewhite. Mm-hmm. Those would be the three that I would say you got to keep on the staff. Joe Brady was a part of his staff in
4: Carolina. Also, was a big part of the 2019 LSU offense that destroyed things. With Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Mickey Joseph, Bill Bush were a part of that as well. Uh, Matt Rule will bring as 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 Trev kind of alluded to in that statement, and and this will be a big part of I think the reasoning why Rule was a candidate in the first place. The way that he has kind of built programs to. Get those programs to heights that they had never experienced before. Obviously, uh, I, I don't know that you're going to call for rule to win national championships at Nebraska necessarily, but in his days at Temple, came in uh, after a four and seven season uh, with Steve Adazio as the head coach, and he was let go. Matt Rule started two and ten. That was the first season of the American Conference. Then they went six and six in his second year. Did not get selected for a bowl game, and then went ten and four and ten and three. Back-to-back years, losing the ACC, or the AAC championship game, um, and in both of those years, again, 10 wins. Those are two of the three 10-win seasons in Temple football history. Three years at Baylor came in after the Art Bryles fiasco, where Bryles was winning, yes, uh, but that program had some 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 big issues, which uh, I'm sure if you are a follower of college football, you're well aware of. We're not going to bring them up here. Uh, Jim Grobe was kind of the caretaker of that program for one season went seven and six. Uh, they were top ten in the four seasons before uh before rules st- uh, started there uh, inherited a mess of a situation went one and eleven after a big purge uh, and then went seven and six and then eleven and three in just his third year completely revamping the roster uh, There three losses that season by the way were to Oklahoma twice who was a college football playoff team and Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. That was 2019, also the year that LSU won the national championship with Joe Brady and Mickey Joseph. So that's and and, and in in that 11 and 3 season in 2019, that is one of Baylor's four 11 win or more seasons in school history, two of which came under Art Briles and then the fourth was under Dave Aranda 2 years ago when they won the Big 12 with a roster largely comprised of Matt rules work so deals done Matt rule is going to be the guy and again you heard the the announcement there uh, that I read off the statement it's going to be announced in a, uh, a, a press conference on Monday where Trev Alberts will introduce Matt rule and again 25 seasons of experience uh, in both college and pro and the last 10 years he's been a head coach I, I would be interested, Caleb, in in the reaction because there's some folks who are going to say, "Oh, well, you just got fired." Wouldn't we do this with Bill Callahan? <laughs> um, no. Look, this is I would be interested to see the folks' reaction if Nebraska hired Matt Rule immediately after the 2019 season when Carolina hired him, mm-hmm. because then you're coming immediately off of Baylor's 11 and three season and Sugar Bowl birth and Big 12 championship game birth, New Year's Six. All of those things would have been quite momentum building for him, and, and obviously is why he got the, the gig in the NFL. The fact that he had those three years in the NFL, I don't think should stunt the momentum that he obviously built at Baylor. Uh, I don't think it should worry any folks off, because college and pro are different. You you aren't necessarily going to have success at both places. Pete Carroll is, is not the norm, right? So... You have a guy like Nick Saban who goes with the pros and fails, and he comes back to the, the college ranks and, and is, is excellent. Uh, there are plenty of, of uh, examples of that. So with Matt Rule coming back to college, the things that I'm interested in, in how he can maybe uh, Im- improve upon things that he did at Baylor and Temple, I'm interested in the recruiting aspect, Caleb, because he has ties to Texas. Uh, obviously, a big recruiting state. Um, he will be utilizing resources that were not available to him at Temple or Baylor. So, if if you are looking at what Rule has done in terms of recruiting rankings, recruiting results, it's it's not necessarily a straight line. To, oh well he didn't recruit very well he's not going to recruit very well here there's a lot more available to him here you have Nil you have facilities um, the the name brand that is Nebraska uh, you have the Big Ten affiliation which Baylor did not have and and will not have right uh, with the the new landscape of college football and the, and the expanded playoff so I'm interested in how the recruiting angle is is kind of sussed out here in the early days what's his what's his angle um, what are his connections? what guys on his staff he's going to bring in and and their experience and their expertise in recruiting and, and what parts of the country they focus on and, and those types of things. Remember, Rule is a, a former Penn State player, coached at Temple in Philadelphia, so he's going to have some East Coast ties, mm-hmm. obviously Baylor in Texas. Uh, he's been at Carolina in the NFL, but maybe he's got some recruiting ties out there on the East Coast in the, the middle part of the country uh, in the East Coast. So the 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 recruiting angle is is something that I'm really excited about uh, to to learn about. How's he going to do it? Who's he bringing in? What's what's going to be his focus? And and frankly, how quickly can he hit the ground running with that early signing period coming up here in December as well?
1: Yeah, a big part of that is going to be when you when you look at the recruiting part of it, Mickey Joseph. Right? Yes, yes. Right? Like So there, there's going to be the parts that Matt Rule is going to be able to bring into this with his previous connections, with his experience, where he's been. But he is coming into the Big Ten. And this is not necessarily a place that he's had to recruit to. You know, So what is that going to look like? What is that strategy going to be? Now that... You had Mickey Joseph talking about what recruiting maybe is going to look like for Big Ten teams, and especially Nebraska, once you get the addition of USC and UCLA coming up here in a couple of years. Well, Joseph was saying, well, you don't want to go out there and get the fourth or fifth guy. If you're going to go out there, you're going to go get the guy, so you're going to primarily stay where you've been. You're going to recruit Texas. You're going to try to get the best kids you can out of Nebraska. Um, you're going to recruit Big Ten country. You're going to go down to Georgia and then Louisiana, which have been pretty good places for Nebraska the last couple of years. So can you keep those, those pipelines of recruits and those connections going? All of that's going to hinge on whatever conversation happens this weekend with Matt Rule and Mickey Joseph. If you keep Mickey Joseph on staff, if you keep Brian Applewhite on staff, who let's remember, he was a pretty big part in getting uh it was AJ Allen here. Yep. So you go through, there are some guys that you want to keep on this staff that are pretty good coaches and really good recruiters. So if you if you want to find where that's going to look because Matt Rule's not on a current staff right now, he's not going to dip into the transfer portal and say, Hey, I had this guy. He's not going to bring in some quarterback with him. He's not going to bring in some left tackle with him. Like that's just not a thing that's going to happen. So what is that strategy going to be? He'll be announced on Monday. They will have one week until what we're just calling the transfer window opens. We've gone all in on the soccer references on the Friday Husker tailgate, by the way, Cole. I know you'll like that because Schaefer and I enjoy it. And we've got got Jack Mitchell calling it the transfer window now. So the transfer window opens when players can be in the transfer portal and be contacted by other programs. What is that strategy going to be? And again, all of that to me hinges on whatever the conversations are with Mickey Joseph and with the other coaches that he keeps on staff. How does he build his staff? What What is all of that going to look like? There's a lot to figure out, and there's going to be a lot to talk about over the next couple of days, and for us, the next 40 minutes. Yeah. On, on top of, yeah. you beat Iowa yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: and, hey, uh, you can react to the Iowa win. You can react to the Matt Rule hiring, which is official now, uh, on the text line at, uh, what is it, 402-479-1400. Give us a call if you want, but yeah, text is open. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook live. We are there now at KLIN Huskers. Uh, we'll uh we'll shout out your comments if you've got anything on the game, on the hire, what your questions are. Uh, we'll address it all. Um, let's uh you know what? Let's let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> let's catch our breath here cuz <laughs> hey, breaking news on a Saturday morning. Uh usually that doesn't happen, so we'll we'll take it when we can get it. Uh, it's uh it's a pretty exciting day here at at uh at the old 1400 KLIN studios as uh, Nebraska has hired a new head coach, and it's Matt Rule. He's going to be announced officially in the press conference on Monday. Uh, That's when Trev Alberts will introduce him to the media and the state and the college football world as the Huskers fill that chair full-time after Scott Frost was let go on September 11th and Mickey Joseph admirably Uh, filled his shoes for 11 or so weeks. We've got plenty more to get to. Uh, Nebraska basketball was in action, the men and women, uh, earlier this week and yesterday, uh, and volleyball with a tough loss, uh, both off the court and on. Uh, We'll get to all of that and more on Matt Rule's hiring at Nebraska right after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour.
0: and former Huskers, and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio,
4: 1499.3 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour on a breaking news Saturday. It's official. Matt Rule has been announced as the next head coach at Nebraska Announcement coming literally as we went on the air, 9.01 a.m., the official release out from the university. And uh, it's officially going to be uh, the introduction on Monday over at Memorial Stadium with Trev Alberts introducing uh, Matt Rule, former Carolina Panthers, Baylor Bears, and Temple Owls head coach. Uh, What's real quick, not real quick necessarily because – We've got plenty to talk about from that game yesterday. Uh, obviously, the, the breaking news, uh will we'll hit back on that. But in terms of Nebraska on the field, there's one more ride, one more mission, as Mickey Joseph put it. Uh, and that was yesterday in Iowa City. It had been a while. It had been since 2014, to be exact, before this show was on the air. And that, that was the last time Nebraska beat Iowa. And yesterday... Trey Palmer, 87 yards down the field, gets off to an early lead. Iowa's offense goes nowhere. Spencer Petras, sack, fumble, out of the game. Nebraska builds that lead. Another sack, fumble on Alex Padilla. 17-0 at half. And then, a of all, te- of all things, a special teams mistake on Iowa. They muff the punt. Huskers get it back, drive right in. Marcus Washington, his first touchdown as a Husker. And Nebraska's up 24 to nothing in the early third quarter. And of course, that would not last because you know what Nebraska football has been. Uh, But they held on. Nebraska doing just enough to get the win. Uh, Bill Bush, shout out Bill Bush, his fifth shutout of a half (laughs) against a Big Ten opponent, including three in the first half minnesota wisconsin and iowa your chief big 10 west tormentors and none of them scored in the first half obviously minnesota and wisconsin came back to win those games but iowa did not uh trey palmer i like this stat nebraska uh wide receiver not only broke the single season wide receiving yardage record uh with uh just over a thousand he got to 1,043, which passed Stanley Morgan's 1,004 from 2017. Uh, He got 165 yards yesterday, Caleb. Iowa allowed 164.4 passing yards per game entering that game. Just perfect symmetry there. Iowa also had won 14 straight November games, and Nebraska had lost eight (laughs) straight November games. Uh, Just it was, it was euphoria for the players and the coaches on the field afterwards, getting to getting to parade the trophy around Kinnick Stadium, Garrett Nelson leading that charge. Just great scenes there in Iowa City as Nebraska victorious yesterday, 24-17.
1: Yeah, just everything about what you were able to get out of that game, offensively, defensively, special teams. Yes, you missed that field goal early on, but it didn't come back to bite you this time. Um, the way... Iowa was going through and imploding with their penalties and just could not get anything to go right. It felt so much like a Nebraska football game where Nebraska would get behind by so much and then fight all the way back just enough to lose by one score. It happened the other way. Nebraska got the win. It was schemed up perfectly from the get-go. The play calling was great for three quarters. Mm-hmm. think got a little conservative there in the fourth. Um, started trying to lean on a run game that just wasn't there. But I get it. I get what the strategy was for it, where you had that lead, and you said Iowa's offense was not strong enough to come all the way back if you just burn a little bit of clock. Ultimately, that ended up being what it was. You also had chances for more takeaways. Quentin Newsom dropped two. You yeah. dropped two of them. Um, you had Bushini doing his job on a uh, a great punt where the punt coverage team just let it go into the end zone. Like you had your specialist doing really, really well. You had your quarterback playing well. Um, these are just all the things that have not happened all at one time for Nebraska. And you, you were able to get all of that. And it feels ex- like there's just a little bit extra that feels good about it because it is Iowa because it is going into the off season, Then you carry that over into the very next day, and we've got a head coaching announcement. Um, and again, Matt Rule um, announced as Nebraska's next permanent head football coach. He'll have an introductory press conference coming up on Monday with Trev Alberts. Um, we'll get into more of that. We're going to spend this segment specifically just talking about Iowa and the Iowa game. Um, but you saw how much the players cared. And I saw some folks that had been driving to the game, and as they were going through Des Moines, and I loved my time in Des Moines. But apparently the sports stations there were talking about how Nebraska had nothing to play for. I was on a Hawkeye podcast this week and they said they asked me that question. Does Nebraska have anything to play for? And I said, Absolutely, it's Iowa. Like, like the season is lost. You're not playing for a bowl game. You are playing for as Mickey Joseph said, those guys are going out with a lot of pride. It's a high character group. But it's Iowa. We all know people in Iowa, or we know Iowa people living here. We've had to listen to it for the last seven years. You've had to hear it from family members, from in-laws like Jack Mitchell. Shout out Uncle Mitch. Yeah, You've had to hear it from friends. I got a phone call from an Iowa friend immediately after the game congratulating me. Oh, nice of him. Like, we, we've we texted during that game every year. Yeah. It's that type of thing that it just it meant something. And what is that going to mean for Iowa now? As they're unable to clinch the division, they are now dependent on two teams losing today that I don't think is going to happen, both uh, Illinois and Purdue, for them to get back to the Big Ten title game. So Nebraska had a lot to play for. Mm. It was to get that trophy that you haven't been able to grab. To beat a Big Ten West opponent that you haven't really been able to do. To bring a trophy home with you. Now, yes, I'd love to get the $5 bits of broken chair. That one's just a prettier <laughs> trophy. But to go grab this one and to leave it all out there for the last time a lot of those guys are going to play together. Not just the seniors, because there's going to be guys transfer. hmm This team is never going to look like this and again, and that's the same thing every single year. Volleyball has their senior night tonight. The team is never going to look like this tonight again after this year. You cherish that moment that you have whenever that last moment is for volleyball in the NCAA tournament. For Nebraska football, it ended in the regular season. You cherish those moments, and they got to go out and do that. You got to see Caleb Tanner fly around like a madman. You got to see your lineman actually not, like, go and have a pretty decent game. Mm-hmm. You got to see, although there were times that Anthony Grant ran backwards, there was a couple times he he plunged forward. Ramir Johnson was the leading rusher in the game for Nebraska. Of course he was. Like, you have all of these things that come up on top of your other guys where you get Chris Kalerovic, the Northern Iowa transfer, who gets the pick to end it. You have Casey Thompson play extremely well after having to miss multiple games that you're sure Nebraska would have won had he been able to play. Trey Palmer had several weeks in a row where we're like, man, is he going to get to 1,500 receiving yards on the year? But then he didn't have that quarterback who could do the same things, and he comes out, and it it just goes out in such a nice way to get into the offseason, and yeah, things are probably still going to get weird here in just over a week, and you figure out what it's all going to look like with the coaching change, but for a few hours on a Black Friday, we all got to be, for me anyway, as I was tweeting and people were thinking I was jinxing it, just unequivocally confident and optimistic and feel good going into the evening in a way that we haven't been able to for several years.
4: Jeff on the Facebook Live at KLI and Huskers. Just add an extra shot of Iowa tears to my morning coffee and it tastes so good Hashtag #gbr. <laughs> uh, to your point on how Nebraska kind of, you know, managed that second half. You got the 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 punt muff and and the short field and they got to Marcus Washington in the end zone 24 nothing. After that, Nebraska attempted only 6 passes and got 48 total yards of offense. Mhm. Uh, but it was it was just enough, um, and I I was I was kind of talking about this with the folks I was watching the game with. When I was scored their first touchdown and it was twenty four to six, should they have gone for two? I thought they should have because I don't I don't know that I would have felt super good if I was Kirk Ferentz or Brian Ferentz for that matter. Uh, I don't know that I would have felt good about getting three more possessions down that far, let alone two. But but getting three more possessions down that far. Uh, if you wouldn't have been able to cut that to a two-score game. They ended up kicking the extra point. Mm-hmm. They only got two more scores. Uh, and who knows what they would have done had they gotten the extra, the two-point conversion. Their offense isn't very good in general, so probably wouldn't have. But I thought that was an interesting strategy. Uh, and, and Iowa fans will probably rue the injuries, right? You uh, did not have Sam Laporta at tight end, their leading receiver. Mm-hmm. You lost Spencer Petrus in the first quarter. You lost Cooper to Gene, one of their safeties, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the first quarter as well. Don't forget Nebraska. Earlier, uh, before the game kicked off, Luke Reimer was announced as uh, as being unavailable as well. You're yeah. already down, Nick Henrich. But how about uh, the guys that filled in for him? You already mentioned Nick uh, Chris Kolarovic, who had the game sealing interception, his first as a Husker. Uh, you also uh, can can look at it's even Malga Clements. He had a sack and forced fumble on on one of those. It was his first career sack. And first career forced fumble. So both of those guys who were filling in behind Lou Grimer made huge contributions mm-hmm. to the game, uh, and and I don't think you can discount. I, I wrote about this. You can see this on on K Lion and this and SI. The way that you can remember back to this game, 2022 is going to be remembered for obviously the Scott Frost firing, the Mickey Joseph era. Uh, the last season before Matt Rule gets hired. But I think folks are going to remember the Iowa game as well because it is the last game of the season, because that's the memory that you take into the off season because of the way they hung on in the face of doing the exact same thing that they've done and, and not holding on <laughs> to all these leads over the last few years and, and finding a way at the end to make the big play finally and to do it against Iowa. To do it in Iowa City, and to do it when, as you mentioned, they had nothing to play for in terms of record, bowl berth, anything. Uh, but they did, probably, with Purdue and Illinois likely winning today, probably prevented
1: Iowa from getting to the Big Ten title game. You went and you took something away. Absolutely. You We'd finally love to see it. How many times have we said over the last few years, Nebraska, can, Nebraska can go play spoiler. Yeah. And then they just didn't. Like just left it all out there. Um, last week, you could have prevented Wisconsin from, uh, clinching their way to being bowl eligible. Now, Wisconsin probably would have gotten bowl eligible anyway, but yeah. you could have stopped that and then just didn't. The number of, you, there, the times that it was like, well, is Nebraska going to have to go beat Iowa to be bowl eligible? And you just, you just didn't. You haven't had a lot of those opportunities. Things went well yesterday. You love to see it for, for a lot of those guys. Um, first year here Casey Thompson he hasn't been able to to go and really lead a winning program you know as as a quarterback and that that's tough for when when there's a guy that you really like because of how how well he comes out and interacts with us you want them to be successful we saw that with Adrian Martinez because of the way he interacted with us i wanted him to be successful Maybe that's not the way you're supposed to do the job, but but when those guys are nice to me, I want more of their success for them. Casey Thompson, you saw all the pictures. You've got some of it up at uh, uh, at KLIN. You see the picture of Casey Thompson with the crowd, with the Heroes Trophy, Yeah, living that moment. You know who else you saw with the trophy? Garrett Nelson. And Husker fans in Iowa City. Yeah, all the Husker fans there. I wanted Husker fans to go tear down their (laughs) goalposts. Bring them back to Lincoln. (laughs) Don't throw it in the river like Tennessee fans. No, get it on a semi-trailer. Bring that goalpost back to Lincoln. Bring it back to Lincoln. Um, But a guy like Garrett Nelson, who grew up in Nebraska, think about that for a while, that while he was in high school, Nebraska wasn't really beating Iowa. His time at Nebraska, Huskers weren't beating Iowa. You got to go back to like his freshman year, maybe 8th grade year. Bef- oh, the, high, yeah. So 2014. Yeah. High so, freshman. so you go all the way back to that, Garrett Nelson has not lived a lot of Nebraska over Iowa wins. No. And if there is somebody who absolutely bleeds this program, it's Garrett Nelson. And you saw so much relief on his face after the game that they got it done. Now, the next step is to go get it done for a division, get it done for a conference title, for for a bowl game, whatever. Those are all future conversations. For what this team had in front of them on a Black Friday in Iowa City, they got it done. And it was beautiful to see. You love to see it. Great scenes
4: out there from Iowa City. It's all over social media. Uh, some details on the rule hiring, which we'll jump back into after this break. Eight-year contract from Nebraska. Frost was seven. Uh, No word on the salary yet, but an eight-year contract. uh, And the press conference on Monday will be at 1.30 at the Hawks Championship Center. So that will be on Monday. Of course, you'll have full coverage right here. On fourteen hundred KLIN, and we got Monday a couple well. questions on the text line. We'll get to those after the break as well. Awesome! Yeah, hit us up four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. More to come. Matt Rule officially announced as the head coach at Nebraska. Some hoops and volleyball to come as well. Stay with us here on the KLIN Husker Hour.
0: Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN.
4: You know, sometimes having a show on Saturday morning is uh, it's beneficial. It's uh, it's been a busy
1: morning. Uh, some more breaking news as well, we you, were in break. You know what we hate during the week because it's always inevitable. Yeah. There's going to be an announcement at nine oh one. Oh yeah, LNK sure. today goes from six to nine in the morning. Nine oh one, it's inevitable. You know, it's beautiful about nine oh one announcements on a Saturday. We're one minute into the KLIN <laughs> Oscar hour, um, so if you missed it. Matt Rule announced as Nebraska's head football coach. As a matter of fact, he is talking on ESPN Game Day right now, and we are going to get that pulled up here in just a second. Yeah, Matt Rule is uh, literally live on College Game
4: Day on his phone. Let's uh, let's get this audio cooking right now. For you. needs
2: development, need to develop players. How do you get Nebraska back into
3: contention
5: to win conference championships and even more? Well, I, I think it all comes it all comes back to that. I mean, there, there's lots of good football players out there. You know, I, I sat there last year at the, and, and watched the draft, uh, and I watched, I think it was six or six or seven Baylor kids get drafted. Um, guys that weren't highly recruited, guys that weren't five-star players, but they came and they played for us, and then they played for Dave Aranda, who's a tremendous coach, uh, and, and they built themselves into NFL players on the practice field, uh, in the meeting rooms, uh, in the weight room. And they also got, you know, degrees and second degrees, and, and, and their lives are better, and so... Uh, To me, players that want to come to Nebraska, they they have to want to be NFL players. Uh, They have to want to do more in their life than just to play football. They have to want to get great educations. uh, Because, you know what, we're going to push them. But if they come, um, you know anybody can help you get to the NFL. We're going to help guys get second contracts. We're going to help guys, when they get to the NFL, uh, be pros. And that's that's really been our specialty. When you look across the the National Football League, there's players from Temple and Baylor doing great things. And um, we want to do the same thing at Nebraska.
2: Matt, all of us on this desk are excited about you coming back to college football and, and uh, great to see you in Nebraska and wish you all the best. There's a stigma right now on Nebraska. They just brought one of their own back in Scott Frost, and it didn't work out. There are a few coaches before him where it didn't work out. Truly, they've not been a national title contender for over 20 years. When you look at the potential of that fan base, the history, the tradition, the facilities, what, what do you have to do in the modern era of NIL and transfer portal? to get Nebraska back to get where they truly belong as a national title contender?
5: Well, I think when you go back, you know, to the heyday, you know, and I, I had a chance to talk to Coach Osborne this morning. That's like a, a bucket list item for me. But when you go back and look at, uh, you know, uh, the five national championships, all the things that happened in the great great days of Nebraska football it, it all goes back to me to alignment and when the head football coach and the athletic director and the president and the chancellor when everybody uh, wakes up every day you know with the same mission Um, then you have a chance to do great things and and i think we want to go there we want to rally the entire state behind uh nebraska football we know that they love the team um but to me it's about everybody moving in the same direction you know we can't we can't uh look backwards we can't look to the side we've got to put our head down and look straight ahead and uh as i went through this process kirk i looked at a lot of the powers in football right now and a lot of them late they, they had some times where they were a little bit dormant and uh uh, the right people came in at the right time. This isn't just about me. It's about everybody that joins me. Um, I think Mickey Joseph has done a tremendous job. Um, one of the re- th- re- things that drew me to it is knowing that Scott has been there for, for, for the last several years. Scott Floss is a coach that I truly respect and consider a friend. And so I know that program you know, has a good culture. I know they know how to work. Now it's about just all of us picking up and moving forward, everybody in the state of Nebraska, um, of, of one accord. And if we do that, uh, great days will be ahead.
2: Matt, congratulations on the new job. Glad to have you back in college football. I look forward to talking to you again soon.
4: Thank you, guys. All right. That was Matt Rule live on College Game Day with Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, and friends. ESPN's College Game Day. ESPN's College Game Day. And interesting stuff. He, he called out Tom Osborne as a, uh, as a bucket list item to be able to talk to the legendary head coach at Nebraska.
1: Obviously, he'll have him as a resource mm-hmm. here at, in Lincoln. Talked about not just watching Nebraska growing up, but revering mm-hmm. Nebraska as, as a program. Um, one of the big things that he talked about there that, I mean, I like hearing, and that's what a lot of these guys, when they get hired, you're going to like a lot of what they what they say, and then you got to go see them do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but talked about... When guys come to Nebraska to play football, they want to go to the NFL. So helping them not just get to the NFL, but get second contracts. That second contract, that's the big one. You're off of that rookie contract. Now you're getting like real deal money. Um, you're getting all of the the guarantees that you didn't get with that rookie contract. So it's helping guys not just get to the NFL, but have careers while they're there. And he mentioned that there's a number of guys from Baylor and Temple that are still playing in the NFL, because they are. Now, Nebraska does have a lot of guys that came through, even during the Scott Frost era, and made the NFL. And they're pretty good guys. But you you saw the draft streak end. You did. You saw that come to an end. How do you improve that? How do you get that first-round draft pick? How do you put more guys in the league? Because when you're doing that, I think you're going to win more games at the collegiate level as well. Nebraska has not had a first round draft pick since 2011
4: draft mm-hmm. that was Prince of Mukamara uh, the year before in 2010 Nabukansu went second overall those are your last two yeah, first rounders uh, right now um, you that that's I mean that that's the reality of the situation you want to be able to have those upper level guys because that's going to spell better success in college obviously as well.
1: Well, before we go to break here, let's get a uh, caller in. We'll still get to your text on the uh, Rick Sign Recognition talking text line, 402-479-1400. Gary is with us on the KLIN Husker Hour. Hus- Gary, how are you doing this morning?
3: Well, it's a, it's a great day, isn't
1: it? It is. it is. It is. What do you got for us?
3: If you don't if you don't beat anybody else, you've got to beat Iowa.
1: That's what it feels like. It's not the same as the old <laughs> Oklahoma, but if the season's already lost and you're not do, going to a bowl game, may as well.
3: Hey, you know what? Uh, he's not coming in here without a whole, uh, without without you know nothing. I mean, we got some great players. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the biggest, one of the biggest things in our running game, and of course, offensive line is number one. Uh, but I think that if we could get Grant to run north instead south, <laughs> south instead of east and, yep.
1: south,
3: you know, this. Uh, 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 it just didn't, he doesn't impress me as a, as, you know, he's a great runner and the guy, you know, the guy's got, he's a great talent but he just tries to do too much, don't you think?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of times where he'd start going east-west and run laterally. When he did hit the hole or decide to cut it upfield and not dance around it, he was impressive. So for him, it's a lot more decision-making than than it is ability. I also think had we gotten to this point in the year and A.J. Allen wouldn't have been hurt, he would have been the starter. So, So there were some things that you were still working with your best back and it just worked out for Ramir Johnson when they were able to plug him in yesterday.
3: Yeah, I agree. What do you think of this kid, Hausman?
1: Oh, he's phenomenal. There there was, when he played earlier in the year, it was, you're kind of a fish out of water because he's his eyes were big. He was a true freshman coming in. There was a lot of things where it was like, he has to think too much. But what we saw the last few weeks was he stopped thinking and was able to just start playing, and it was so much more instinctual for him. His closing speed is phenomenal in the backfield. That's one of those guys that, as we talked all week on the uh, on K Today and the Friday Husker Tailgate, and I'll say it again here on KLIN Husker Hour, there are a few guys you have to make sure sure stay Ernest Houseman is one of them it helps that he's from Nebraska so he probably wasn't thinking about hitting the portal anyway
3: yeah well <clears throat> i'm kind of excited to see what happens go big red
1: go big red hey thank you so much for that gary um let's hit this break here we've got the uh the couple of comments on the text line to still to get to and you guys can get those in we'll try to address all of them here um right after the break you had a uh, yeah i'm sorry you got to change the source at the top there A lot of buttons happening in the KLIN studios. Um, We did have someone declare for the NFL draft. Yes. So there's going to be at least one Husker not back this next year. We also had someone, uh, seemed like they announced they were hitting the transfer portal on their Snapchat. Yeah, social media is uh, on fire right now. We're uh,
4: tracking all of it with you. Uh, KLI and Husker Hour here with you until 10 a.m. Uh, more to come from you on the text line at 402 479 1400. More details on the Matt Rule hiring, uh, and uh, we'll get some uh, ho- uh, Nebraska basketball and volleyball in as well. That's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. <laughs>
0: inside look at everything huskers this is the KLIN Husker Hour on 14993
4: KLIN All right we're keeping track of everything as the breaking news this morning Nebraska has hired Matt Rule to be its next head coach eight year contract will be officially introduced at a press conference on Monday at 1.30. Uh, We've got some comments on the text line, Caleb.
1: Yeah, so Dealer Dave comes in and says, uh, we keep talking about rule-keeping Mickey on staff, but in your opinion, what are the odds that Mickey gets offered a head coaching job somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Now, there was the Arizona State smoke earlier in the year, but kind of that was it. So maybe as you get through this week and there are some more openings someone might contact Mickey Joseph but it's not going to be a power 5 job I don't think it'd have to go be a group of 5 maybe a program that's not doing phenomenally well does Mickey want that job or do, does he want to does he want to stay here knowing that that there's a bit more of a future than having to go rebuild something I don't know where his head's at on that. And we still don't know if Matt Rule is going to offer that type of
4: position to stay to Mickey. Also, right.
1: Uh, Eric way. says, I really hope Mickey gets to stay. This is a resume builder for Rule. He's not a longtime coach. Would really love to see Mickey home for good. Now, there is that possibility as well. It isn't, what did you say, an eight-year contract is what's being reported mm-hmm. um, for Matt Rule. and. If he's here for four years and goes somewhere else, guys, guess what? That means he did well in four years. Probably means he did okay. That's exactly what that means. So does Mickey Joseph stay on staff, get more time with the program, and then take over? There's also that possibility. Yeah, certainly.
4: Uh, Some more details will come out in the coming days about the search, Uh, but there's uh, a few nuggets here in uh, a piece here on The Athletic uh, from Bruce Feldman and Mitch Sherman. Nebraska... Offered the job to Matt Rule earlier this month, according to sources that told The Athletic. And then Nebraska came back to him this week with a, quote, stronger package, hmm. end quote. Uh, so that's one thing. Another thing that you'll hear more about is how Matt Rule uh, will will recruit. This is something that I'm interested in. This is David Ubbin, also of The Athletic. He's a national college football writer. Uh, Quote, Matt Rule's ability to ingratiate himself to people is unbelievable. He'd never coached in Texas before he went to Baylor and only spent three years there. Uh, But he went to a Texas High School Coaches Association event after he decided to leave Baylor. And this is still David Ubbin. The respect and admiration of every high school coach there was palpable.
1: Um, So that is uh, another thing there. Could get him out with the coaches. So he doesn't have a show until Monday. Nope, nope, I got, I got him on right here. He doesn't have a show until Monday, so we're going to make sure he gets a little bit of time on KLIN Husker Hour to just reaction thoughts. It's Jack Mitchell here on the KLIN Husker. Jack, you got an Iowa win. You hit the over one and a half yesterday. <laughs> How are you feeling this Saturday morning now knowing who the head coach is going to be? Uh, I'm
2: good. I mean, I think it's a, it's been a pretty dang good uh, 24 hours for Nebraska football. The, the win was was great. We'll talk about that more tomorrow, but the story of the day is Nebraska got its guy in that rule, um, and uh, you know, there's the, 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 a lot of thoughts there. It, 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 there's there's a touch of a gamble on this in terms of um, it, you know, it's not a huge, huge, successful Power 5 resume winning resume like some of the guys that we've been talking about that we had had looked at. So that's there. The wild card with Rule is that he's gone in and he's made significant turnarounds in places where those turnarounds look very difficult. Um, he's in a, he he did it at Temple. He did it at Baylor. It kind of looks like mirrors of each other in the way that they went. Now, the thing with him is, it, to to the degree you got people saying, "Hey, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if I like him or not." And, and uh, did you guys take the College Game Day interview that they just did? Yep, I, I yep, we so. took that. Yeah, you got a little sense of who he is there, but the vast majority of us either haven't heard him at all or have heard him talk, you know, very little. And that includes me, too. There's been a little more of that since his name has come up. But, um, you know, Trev said I'm not looking for a guy who's going to win the press conference, but I'll tell you what, I think this guy's still going to win the press conference. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good communicator. I think he will, you know, in, in a lot of the a lot of the ways, Mickey kind of won people over was the way that he communicated, the things that he said, the inspiration that he brought, and I think you'll probably see and hear a lot of that on Monday. Now, the eight year thing, uh, there's a lot of time to get into that. Uh, and 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 uh, Cole, the stuff you just had from the Athletic was really interesting. That uh, perhaps it was earlier this month. They put something in front of him. That wasn't good enough. He he waited maybe to get better terms. He also probably waited, I would guess, a little bit to see what other jobs were going to come open. Uh, But they were able to sweeten the deal enough to get him here. I'm going to guess that included those years on the end of it. I'm going to guess that included um, significant pay in the years after his Panthers buyout ends. If I had to guess where the negotiations were, that's probably where they mainly were. Um, But the, the other interesting thing here, and I don't know if you guys have delved into it a lot, I've been kind of all over the place the last hour. But it's the, as you guys know, the press conference is 1.30 on Monday. Mm-hmm. That should leave Matt enough time to figure out what Mickey Joseph mm-hmm. is doing, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I, uh, m- my theory, my theory is that they want to be able to say, um, to say one way or the other on what Mickey Joseph is doing on mm-hmm. Monday, and and I would guess. And how about Matt Mickey name uh, name dropping Mickey in the, on yeah. game day? There. I yeah. don't think that was insignificant. I thought I, I, this is speculation now, but I think they want to go into that press conference Monday because you know the first question they're going to get, or second question, is going to be about <laughs> Mickey Joseph. I think they want to be able to say, "Yeah, I want, I want him. He's going to be the first person on my staff, and he and I are going to start the transition work right now." The the other thing, would be, oh. I think that would be ideal in a lot of people's minds.
4: Absolutely, and, and the other thing that 20, that forty eight hours gives us, Jack, is for all the apparel companies here in Lincoln to get those smocks ready. <laughs>
2: Thanks goodness! I need one of those Adidas smocks. Let's go, Jack. Real something good if you're doing any like painting or anything <laughs> like
1: that. Uh, real quick, before we take our final break here, we've seen coaching transitions split the fan base from when they've let someone go to who they hired next. We're only 50 minutes in, but what do, what do you see this hire doing for, for the fan base and its reception going forward?
2: You know, I don't know. I, I think to some degree that happened with – I mean, it obviously didn't happen with Ross. That, that that kind of happened with Riley. But even at the very beginning with Riley, you know, the real division didn't come a little bit down the road um, with him. I think there's a honeymoon period, and I think if there's some, some success um, – that whatever, whatever issues that people have go away. So I don't think it's going to feel highly divisive here at the beginning. Now, of course, if things don't turn around and don't get any better in year one and year two, those voices will certainly increase. But I think by and large, this is going to feel like a unified, excited fan base, and I'll say it again, and I think that'll especially be true after they start to hear from Matt rule more regularly, and that starts with Monday. mm
4: mm-hmm. It's Jack Mitchell. You can hear him on Monday morning for LMK today, starting at six a.m. Jack, thanks for the time this morning and your thoughts. And uh, it's a big weekend for Husker fans. Hey,
1: Call the in-laws. Good, time,
2: good timing <laughs> for the Husker Hour today, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: nine oh one announcements. I always said we love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. All Thank,
4: right.
2: Have a good one, guys. Thank you.
4: Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get to that last break
1: here as as we are. Uh, man. We do have a couple other. It's been a bit, been a very busy week. There were actually yeah. four different Husker teams. Yes, um, that I was covering in action yesterday. We'll just give you a quick rundown of how everyone's doing. Yeah. Women are women's basketball is in Puerto Rico. Men's basketball is in Orlando. Volleyball had a top five matchup last night and a top 10 the, today, and another top ten matchup tonight. So yeah, there's a lot to get into here as we uh, wrap up a busy. A busy and news-filled KLIN Husker Hour. Yeah, we'll, we'll also let you
4: know who is uh, headed to the NFL draft, who just declared this morning as well from the Huskers. That's all coming up. Uh, we'll finish out the show next.
0: Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN.
4: Less than 12 hours? After he broke the school receiving record, that's a little bit longer than that, 15 hours. Less than 15 hours after he broke the school receiving record for a single season, Trey Palmer has announced Mm -hmm. his intention to go pro. He's declared for the NFL Draft this morning. Uh, So, uh, one year, pretty good. He's off to the league. That's uh, that's Trey Palmer. Uh, Women and men's hoops. So, women
1: action this weekend, well, yeah, and actually before that you had women play back on Tuesday. they yeah. held they held off Tarleton, we saw Sam Hybe return, yes, only played six minutes and then needed help off the floor, so don't know where that knee injury is going forward. It was nice to see her come back. Didn't really uh, go anywhere from there. Nebraska men's basketball lost to Oklahoma before losing to Memphis. They, Derek Walker returned. Derek Walker returned. They'll take on Florida State tomorrow. You'll hear that here on KLIN. Nebraska women's basketball did beat Corpus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They will play Mississippi State today. Nebraska volleyball lost in four sets to number 3 Wisconsin last night. That gives the Badgers their fourth straight Big Ten championship. Nebraska taking on number 9 Minnesota tonight on B1073. Senior Night for those volleyballs. senior stars. night Kenzie so. Knuckles out for the year and announced this week Kenzie Knuckles Maddie Kubik not coming back for their extra year of eligibility all right that's gonna do it busy busy morning thanks to
4: everybody who interacted with the show you can catch any catch up on the podcast page at klion.com uh, or on our Twitter that's it go big red